And while you're turning there, I want to show you some things. Uh, this, this picture behind you uh, is just a picture of flowers and a plant. But let me tell you why that plant and that flower is there. This is at the Miranda School in, in Nairobi, not in Nairobi, Kenya, but in Kenya. As you know, last year we drilled them a well. It's a school for uh, 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 special needs children. Many of them are forgotten children. There's 130 or 40 of them there. Uh, and they had no running water. Can you imagine how you take care of 130 or 40 special needs children without a flushing potty? Come on, I just don't know how they do all the things they do. But we drilled them a water well. And this is some of the after effects. So, so they've started planting plants and, and vegetables. And so let's just look at the next one. Let me show you. Uh, you know what that is? They now... The, the school has begun to make their own bricks and they're selling their bricks that they're making because you drilled them a water well last year. We ought to give the Lord some praise. That's their brick oven. That I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, there it is again, the bricks that they're making. What's the next picture? I don't know how many there are. There's some of the vegetable plants that, that they're now planting. Uh, is there not more? There's the vegetable garden and just keep going. There's the water well. That's David and Jennifer, by the way. They were here a couple Sundays ago. Uh, and there's the water well. And then there's the, the little trough where it runs off. So, hey, plants and vegetables and, and bricks, uh, that's just a great deal. Anything? Is that it? Boom. Hey, uh, let's give the Lord a real God bless. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, you need, I show you those things to show you we are making a difference. And let me, let me just say, because of our inf impact and our, our kind of MO of providing water wells to people, we, make, we give the gift that just keeps on giving. Uh, and uh, gosh, I could just keep showing you picture after picture. But I wanted you to know uh, that, hey, you're making a difference, still making a difference. The little school, uh, I'm telling you, I've been there and I just went, wow. Now when you go back, it's green and, and uh, productivity, actually making a profit and, and building and growing. So good things are going on. And everybody said, amen. Uh, are you in Isaiah 55? Just hold your place there. Let me tell you where we were last Sunday and where we are today and really all this month. We're talking about seeking Him. Everyone say, seek Him. A couple of, uh, gosh, a month or so now ago, I have to tell you how this happened. I was at Global Advanced Pastors Conference uh, in uh, Branson, and we were just getting started in the first uh, service in the night, and uh, uh, the worship leader began to sing a song, and it was about seeking God. And God just ignited my heart, and it seemed as though God were calling me to, well, let me just say, it seemed as though I knew God was speaking to me to begin to seek Him in a new way, at a new level. And as I began to think about it, it began, I began to realize that, that, that that's not only for me, but that's for you and that's for us. And, and, and I can't help but deduce that God is calling me, calling you, calling us together to seek Him in a whole new way. And I'll tell you that this past week, in fact, last Sunday, I called us all to seven days of consistent seeking God. And I hope that you were able to join me in that. And this past week, even in my, uh, you know, Beverly and I have been kind of struggling physically. And even in some of that, I just press through and continue to seek God. And today I feel better about today than, than I, I probably would ever have felt. But just because I'm seeking God in a, in a greater way. And 
So I called us all last week to seven days of consistent seeking God. And I want to call you right now. I want to say right up front, I'm asking you this week, even if you weren't here last week, uh, I'm asking you this week to set aside uh, uh, sometime each day. Uh, early in the morning is the better way. How many of you know you don't... If you don't find him in the morning, you'll be looking for him by noon. Come on now. And you get up in the morning a little early and you seek God. You call out to him. And you, and you say, well, I'm not very good at it. Well, man, listen to, uh, go back and get online and listen to Josh last Wednesday night. Talk about the, the Lord's prayer and the model prayer. And just get some tools and some training in your heart. But let's seek God together. And so that's what we're talking about. In fact, we're going to close this out on Easter Sunday. Uh, uh, and look at the, the verse where the, where the angel said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? It's going to be a very evangelistic message for all your friends and family who will be coming. Uh, and, and so hopefully they'll begin to seek God in all the right places. Uh, you know, a lot of people try to find Him, but they're in all the wrong places. Uh, and so, hey, uh, everyone say, Seek Him. So I call you to that. And our keynote verse is Jeremiah 29. We looked at it last Wednesday, uh, pardon me, last Sunday in depth. But here's the verse that, that uh, verses 10 through 14, but here's the verse that in reference to prayer. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you what? Search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Now we learned last Sunday that this passage uh, is, 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 is packed within God speaking to the children of Israel who were where? Where were they when God spoke this to them through the prophet Isaiah? Pardon me, the prophet Jeremiah. Anyone remember? They were in Babylonian captivity. And God came to them and he said to them. Now most people know 29, is it 29.11? Where it says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You see, God's, they, were, they were serving a 70 year prison sentence because of their idolatry. But how many of you know just because you, there's a consequence for your sin doesn't mean God's given up on you. Everyone say, God's got a plan for my life. And so God comes along in the middle of His, He's, he's speaking to His children as they're coming to the close of their 70 year captivity. And He says, I've got a plan for you, but guess what? You've got to call unto me. And you've got to pray to me. And He said, and I'll listen to you. You've got to seek me. And you've got to seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. You see, the plan and purpose of God, and this is, everyone say, what's the big idea? Come on, what's the big idea? Here's the big idea that I gave you last week. It still is the big idea. It's this. In order for the promise and plan of God to unfold in any believer's life, it normally requires the cooperation and commitment of a consistent and wholehearted, faith-filled prayer life. Uh, in other words, it's not a bless me, guide it, and bless me, bless it, guide it, and hide it kind of prayer life. It's not a now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I'm talking about some real consistent prayer life where we seek Him. Everyone say seek Him. 
And so that's the big idea. And today it still is the big idea. And let's read it together. Everyone out loud. I just kind of lift it up. It's okay. Everybody together. In order for the promise and plan of God to unfold in any believer's life, it normally requires the cooperation and commitment of a consistent and wholehearted, faith-filled prayer life. Everybody say amen. And I'm calling us to a new level of prayer. You say, well, I'm not very good at it. Hey, how do you get good at something? You practice. And I believe by the, in fact, I believe this is not pastor saying this. I believe this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us today. That he wants to lift us to a whole new level in our prayer life. And he has something in mind. You see, God had the children of Israel's deliverance in mind. But he knew they had to cooperate with the purpose and plan of God by beginning to seek God with all their heart. Amen. With that in mind, turn to Isaiah chapter 55 if you're not there. Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7, we hear kind of the same thing again. Let me read these verses. Verse 6 and 7, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And everyone said another amen. Now, guess what? This is the same word basically to the children of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. And guess what? You know, Isaiah is broken into two parts. The first 39 chapters have to do with the Assyrian period. That's just a period of time. And then the last portion, chapter 40 through 66 of Isaiah, have to do with the Babylonian period. Guess where the children of Israel were when God spoke to them through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 55. 6 and 7. They were in Babylonian captivity. You would think they would get the message. Jeremiah's prophesying it. Isaiah's prophesying it. How many of you know God's not schizophrenic? He's not saying different things. He's not speaking different things uh, you know, or, uh, to pull us in two different directions. And so the, pro- the prophetic insight to the children of Israel were, hey, God wants to bring you out of this Babylonian captivity, so you better seek the Lord while He may be found and call upon him while he's near and let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man is thought let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon and everybody said amen again now when God catch this because I want to apply this to us very quickly when God wants to bring us out of something and into something better. Most of the time, in the process, these type verses crop up. I'm going to say it again. When God wants to bring us out of something, and bring us into what He has for us, and His best for us, His purpose and plan, like we said in the big idea, the process, most all the time, requires... A heightened level of seeking God in our life. We don't just stumble out of Babylonian captivity or stumble out of trouble and problems and circumstances and situations 
and find ourselves over here in the glory and beautiful land. Are you with me? And that's why in the big idea, there's a cooperation of prayer that must take place. Some people think they're so special that, that God's just going to, because uh, they're just so special, without any real effort on our part at the place of prayer, we're just, because we're so special, you see, He's going to get us from point A to point B. Listen, I'm here to tell you today, there's some things in some people, there's some places where some of you are today, you need to come out of that. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to come out of that. Come on, tell somebody, we got to come out of that. Now, you're that, I don't know what your that is. I know what my that is, but there's some things. you got to come out of that. you got to get out of that business. You cannot think the way you're thinking. You can't do the things you're, you're doing. You can't live the way you're living. You can't, uh, you know, compromise the way you're, you got to come out of that. And if the only way to come out of that is begin to hear the directive of the word of the Lord and begin to seek him and forsake your unrighteous thoughts and, and, and forsake uh, uh, your own way and begin to plug into him way at the place of prayer and oh all of a sudden you'll begin to return to the Lord and he'll begin to have mercy on you and he will abundantly pardon and he will bring you out of that into his purpose and plan for your life. Amen. I think I'm talking to somebody today. I hope so. And so with that in mind, I want us to look at Isaiah 55, and really I, I, I should probably read the entire chapter because we're going to look at it all. I'll just read it in sections. But here's how I want to break it down for you. I see at least four uh, prophetic proclamations in, in Isaiah 55 over the children of Israel about God's purpose and plan for their life to bring them out of, of Babylonian captivity and into the blessings and the prosperity of God's preordained purpose and plan for their life. Listen, God's preordained purpose and plan for your life is not to sit over there in idle land or sit over there in, in, in bondage or sit over there in mediocrity or sit over there in your hurt and pain and Sit over there in your unrighteousness and unforgiveness. That's not God's plan. He wants to bring you out of that. Somebody say amen. Out there's where I about got saved this morning. He's bringing me out. Amen. So four prophetic proclamations. I'm going to give them to you right now if you're taking notes. You can just write them all down. And then I'm going to go back and talk about them quickly. The first one is a prophetic invitation. There's an invitation from God today. To, to come out of this and move into that. The second one is a prophetic exhortation. That's what it takes to get you out of that and into that. It's a prophetic exhortation. And then the third one is a prophetic clarification. That's going to clarify who it is who's going to help you get from here to there. And then the last one is a prophetic expectation. What you can expect from God when you come out of that and come over to here. Are you with me? prophetic invitation and we're going to look at some notes and then a prophetic exhortation a prophetic clarification and a prophetic expectation let's look at this invitation it's the first verse of Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1 he says ho everyone who thirsts come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat 
Yes, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Now, that's an invitation from the Spirit of God. He's not talking about real money. He's not talking about money and real money and about real wine and milk. He, it's a spiritual invitation. And here's what this invitation is to. to, re, to in, he's, the Spirit of God through the prophet Isaiah is inviting the children of Israel who are in Babylonian captivity uh, to a spiritual revival and restoration and a returning to the place of God's best for their life. I believe God has an invitation for all of us today. It's an invitation to a renewal in your life, a spiritual renewal and a restoration and a returning to the purpose and plan of God for your life. How many of you know the invitation is wide open? And God's inviting us. The interesting insight about this uh, uh, prophetic invitation is there's some there's some prerequisites. And number one, you got to be hungry and thirsty for it. You got to be thirsty for this. You can't just hey, I don't know, maybe so, maybe not. He said, everybody who's thirsty, those are the ones I'm inviting to the well. Those are the ones I'm inviting to this, 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 this restoration and this spiritual renewal. Those who are come to the well and began to drink of the, of the living water. How many of you know he's talking about Jesus for us today? He is the, the living water for us. And he said, if you're thirsty, in fact, what did Jesus promise us in the, in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 6? Blessed are those who hunger and what? Thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You see, if you're going to seek God, there's something on the inside and, and, and get from wherever you are, which you know is not where you need to be, over here to where you know God desires you to be in a place of spiritual renewal and restoration. There's got to be something in you over there that says, I'm sick and tired of being over there and I'm looking over here and I'm, I'm getting thirsty and hungry for something new in my life to get me out of this mess and get me into the middle of God's best for my life. You got to be thirsty. And then number two, you got to be responsive to the invitation. How many of you know it's rude not to RSVP? Everybody says it's just rude. But there's a, there's a genuine invitation of the Spirit of God for Church on the Rock North this morning. To seek Him. He said, seek me. And the reason for this invitation is undoubtedly God wants to bring us out of something and into something. And it's rude not to RSVP. It's rude not to respond to the invitation of the Spirit of God in our life and begin to move towards Him. He says, come. He says, yes, come by wine and milk. Now, he's not talking about paying money to get to God. He's talking about at least making some kind of an investment of, it, of your life of response to the Lord. Responding to the invitation, my question to you is, how are you going to respond this week to the invitation? It's a prophetic invitation. Everybody who's thirsty, come. Whosoever will may come. What did Jesus say in Matthew 11? I love this. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and what will happen? I'll give you rest. How many of you know there's a promise for rest? How many of you know the Bible says we've got to labor to enter into that rest? 
In other words, we've got to expand, we've got to respond uh, uh, to the invitation of the Spirit of God. I'm going to come and I'm going to, I'm going to draw near. I'm going to, I'm going to say yes to the invitation. I'm responding to the invitation of the Spirit of God to, to, to draw near to God and to come and begin to drink from the well. I think of Jesus and Peter. <coughs> Pardon me. When Peter was in the boat with the disciples and Jesus came walking on the sea, how do you remember that? The storms, oh, it's a ghost. And, and uh, uh, Jesus, Peter looks and said, if it's you, Lord, bid me to what? And he got the invitation and he responded to the invitation. Listen, I think there's something supernatural begins to happen uh, right up, up front. You see, some of you think, well, I, I talked to the Lord last week and he didn't do nothing for me and I cried to pray one time and it didn't work out and I don't feel the Lord in my life and so I don't think it works for me. Listen, you've got to have faith in this, but I'm just going to tell you today, I believe the supernatural begins to unlock in your life the moment you say yes. When you begin to say yes, I'm responding to this invitation. And I'm going to say yes. It'll release the supernatural in your life. Amen? It's the prophetic invitation. Number two, the prophetic exhortation. Now, what did I tell you just a few minutes ago about this? This is what it's going to take to get you from there to there. And I've got, hey, there's at least, I'm going to hit these quick. So if you're taking notes, uh, you better jump on board and get you. And it's from verse 2 to verse 7. Let me read it quickly. Why do you spend money? Now, he just gave us the invitation. But then he says, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear to come to me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and a commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. And here's where we read a few moments ago. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and He will have mercy on him. And to our God, for He will abundantly Pardon. Now, just quickly, from those seven, uh, pardon me, six verses or five verses, I'm going to give you seven prophetic exhortations that are designed to get you from, from there to there. Are you with me? The first one is an exhortation of affection. Oh, let me say this. Verse, uh, let me say this. I meant to say this. Uh, this exhortation, the overarching impact is this, to release the worldly and embrace the godly. Everyone say, release the worldly and embrace the godly. Now, to get you from here to there, there's some things you've got to let go of to get over to here. And this, these exhortations are designed to release you from the things of this world and get you to embrace the things that are not of this world. And the first one is this, the exhortation of affection. Verse 2, why are you buying things that have no real value? That's basically what he's saying. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? You know what he's saying? You're investing your life in all the wrong places. You're trying to find life and joy and peace in that which does not satisfy. How many of you know the way the world works is you get a little 
And yeah, that's pretty good, but you're not satisfied. And it takes more and more for less and less, more and more for less and less, more and more for less and less. And you never get out of the pit. In fact, you get further down in the pit because your affections are not set on the things above. Colossians chapter 3, Paul said this, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For you're dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. you got to set your, your, your desires and your hunger after the right things. And he's telling these children of Israel, why are you uh, spending all your time, energy, and effort and investing who you are in the things that do not satisfy? Question mark. Hey, my commentary makes no sense to me. Are you with me? It's an exhortation of affection. Where are our affections? You see, if your affections are over here, did you know the Bible says don't love the world or the things in the world? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15 And somehow we want to set our affections over here but be the beneficiaries of that over there too. And the prophetic insight is, hey, if you want to come out of this to get to that, you've got to let go of this. Everybody said let it go. Everybody shake it off. Come on, shake it off. I'm putting my, I'm setting my affections on things above. The second exhortation is verse three. It's an exhortation of inclination. He says, incline your ear and come to me. What's he saying? You better listen up. Everybody say, listen up. You gotta listen up. Listen carefully to me. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. If all you're over here listening and, and attuned to the things of the world, you'll never hear the voice of the Spirit in your life. You may miss the come. We've got to begin to incline our ear. Hey, with all the voices that are speaking into our life, hey, listen, there's 101 voices saying this way, that way, do this, do that. Listen, we've got to tune that out and begin to tune our ears to hear what's God saying for your life. Listen, He's got a word for you today. He's got a prophetic word and an anointing in your life. But if you've got your ears all messed up with the voices of this world and of this life and you're not inclined to Him, listen, how do you get inclined to Him? You draw near to Him and you become near to Him and you begin to call out to Him. He will speak to you. There's nothing wrong with God's voice. He loves to talk to His kids. I said He loves to talk to His kids. And my God doesn't talk to me this way. Come thou son and bow before me or I will smite thee with a big rod. No, he just says, come on. I wonder how, how much my grandkids would enjoy their papa if I, when they all got around, I said, come grandkids, bow before me and fellowship with me for I am papa, thy great papa. It's not how he talks to us. They all, ah, run. I am Papa, you must come and seek me. He's our Father, our Heavenly Father. Hey, it's an egg. Hey, if you want to get from there, here's how you get from there. You got you got to have a uh, you got to set your affections. You got to incline your ear. The third one is in verse four. I believe it is this. Uh, it's an exhortation of submission. Verse four says. Now here's an interesting. Follow me. 
I almost left this out so I didn't confuse you. But it says in verse 3, the last part, it says, according to the sure mercies of David, verse 4, indeed I have given him as a witness to the people and a leader and a commander for the people. Now, that sounds like Isaiah is talking about David, but I've studied this a little bit, and, and he could, but it would be have been kind of hard at this writing for David to have been what he just said he was going to be, a leader and a commander of the people. So it doesn't quite fit, if you know what I mean. Most, uh, most scholars think that this is a, a little uh, a prophetic insight to Jesus Christ himself. Because how many of you know Jesus came from the line of David? And he's coming and he came as what? What does it say? A leader and a commander for the people. Now, here's my little insight. It's an exhortation. If you're going to get from there to there, how are you going to get from there to there? You've got to set your affections on things above. You've got to incline your ear and listen up and quit listening to the things of this world and tune yourself to the Spirit of God and submit yourself wholeheartedly to the Lordship and the leadership of the commander of the Lord's army. His name is Jesus Christ. And let me say, He's the one who will lead you out of this into that. But if there's no lordship, there will be no leadership. He cannot lead if he's not Lord. Tell somebody, look around and say, he can't lead you if he's not Lord of you. He, he, he can't lead you unless he's not Lord. It's an exhortation of submission. And then the next one that I see is an exhortation of expansion. Now, this is a little caveat thought. Verse 5, look at this. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Now, let me just throw that out. In the middle of this process, and this is where, hey, some people say, well, when I get it all figured out, then I'll be a blessing to somebody else. Let me tell you something. When God begins to go to work in your life, and you begin to set your affections on things above and you begin to incline your ear to hear what he's saying and he starts talking to you and he begins to be the Lord and the leader of your life he'll start leading you and the natural reaction it's like the ripple effect it'll affect people all around you and the prophetic insight to these children of Israel nations will come to you because of what I'm doing in your life listen there's people waiting on the other side of your obedience Because of God's work going on in your life. They'll see it and they'll go, Shazam, what's going on in your world? It's an exhortation of expansion. God wants to use you today to be a blessing to someone else. And here it is where we started. It's an exhortation of intercession. That's the verse 6 where it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Let me just stop and comment one thought. The open door will not always be open. The open invitation to seek God will not always be available to us. There is a window of opportunity. And listen, there's a timing. In fact, uh, you know, I've taught this a hundred times. Two words in the New Testament or in the Bible for time. It's, it's chronos, which is chronology. Days, weeks, months, years, minutes, seconds. And then there's kairos. 
redeeming the time, Ephesians says. And that's a kairos. It's a special God moment of opportunity. We're living in the middle of our chronos right now. We are in the middle of a kairos moment from God. I'm on it myself. Hey, and some of you are still kind of staring at me like a calf stares at a new gate. But I believe something's going on in the spirit realm. And there's a kairos opportunity for us to seek Him while He may be found. And call upon Him while He's near. And began to pray and seek Him like never before. Undoubtedly, there's some things God wants to bring us out of. And not only bring us out of, but bring us into. We can't mess that up. We can't miss these thoughts here. Because under, what did the children of Israel do uh, when, they, when they came uh, uh, out of the wilderness? Went through the wilderness. They weren't supposed to stay long. They came out of Egyptian bondage. And they messed it all up. They messed up the prophetic exhortation. And they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And then the old had to die out so the new could come in. We don't want to do that. He wants to bring us out of that. But He wants to bring us into this. Amen. It's an exhortation of intercession. And so we've got to seek Him. And then finally, in this prophetic exhortation, it's an exhortation of sanctification. Verse 8 through 11 says this, pardon me, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way. Reminds me of 2 Chronicles 7, 14 that we talked about last week just for a moment. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and what? Turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin. You see, just because we're his kids doesn't mean we don't have issues. And the process of sanctification is exactly that. It's a process. You see, when you give your life to Christ, He becomes your, your Father and you become His child. But then the pro, and that's justification. How many of you appreciate justification in your life? It, you become, when you give your life to Christ, just as if I'd never sinned. But then this process of sanctification begins of becoming like Christ. And that's a process. And He says, okay, all you kiddos, they want to come out of that into that. You got to seek God and call on Him, and you got to start forsaking that wickedness in your life. And 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 here's a key thought: and the unrighteous man, his what thoughts. Listen, if you want to come out of this into that, you got to change the way you think. Some of you here need a radical reformation and transformation of your thought life. I'm not suggesting we're all thinking of terrible, evil things. But how many of you know negativity is a, is a downer? How many of you know fear and doubt is a downer? How many of you know apathetic mindset is a downer? It's a new way of thinking to get you from here to there. You can't think the way you're thinking here to get to there. I'm going to say that again. You can't think the same old thoughts to get you to new places in Christ. And undoubtedly, if you were thinking the right thoughts, you would have already been there. Hello! It's amazing to me how we think we can think the same old, same old thoughts and get a whole different result. Some of you have strongholds of the way you think that, that are keeping you where you are. Are you with me? Well, I don't know. This is the way I've always been. Stop it! 
It ain't working. And most of us can tell it ain't working. It's an exhortation of sanctification. Let me give you two more quickly. These will go fast. The third prophetic exhortation uh, was an exhortation. uh, Pardon me. The third prophetic proclamation is a proclamation of clarification. That's who's going to get you. From here, who's going to help you get from here to there? That's verse uh, verse eight through verse oh gosh ten and eleven. Look at this. He says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts." In other words, the way you've been thinking over here in Babylonian captivity. How many of you know if you stayed in Babylon seventy years, it'd be hard not to think like Babylon. The only guy that I know that uh, didn't uh, succumb to that was Daniel. He didn't let the mindset of, of, of Babylon keep him. They changed his name to a Babylonian name. He said, no, my name's Daniel. He never let him change the way he thought. And this clarification God brings to the children of Israel. You need to understand, the way you think is not the way it's going to have to be. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Oh, and let me throw it a little deeper, he says. uh, For, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Your ways, your thoughts didn't get you here. You're going to have to have my ways, my thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You've got to forsake the way you think. You've got to forsake the way uh, you're acting and responding. And then he validates it, verse 10, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and does not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall be my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It will cause what I cut. It'll, it'll, it'll happen the way I call it to be. And then he says, And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What's he saying to them? You've got to get a word from me. My word will get you from here to there. My presence will, not your thoughts, not your ways. And the word that I give you, it's a sure word. Just like the water and the snow waters the earth and brings forth, that'll be how my word will do for you. It will move you into my purpose and plan for your life. It's a clarity of the supremacy and authority of God over humanity. That's what He brings to us today. Let me bring some clarity to you today. The Word of the Lord, the will of God, the ways of God, the mindset of God will get you from here to there. Nothing more, nothing less. Amen? It's amazing to me how many people take the Bible and try to fix it to the way they think. That doesn't work, does it? I've actually had people try to take the Bible and figure out how, oh, well, you know, gosh, everybody's saved now. Boy, how'd you twist it up to figure that out? Oh, oh, God blesses, God blesses me when I, when I, I won't tell you who, but I was in a concert the other day. It wasn't a Christian concert. And this couple had, uh, it wasn't a devil concert either, but you, you understand what I'm saying. It wasn't a Christian artist. And they, this, this artist had gotten divorced from her husband and married the drummer of her dreams. And, and they got up there and gave God all the glory. 
destroyed two families, but God got all the credit. How'd they figure that out? Here. How many of you know God can fix messes we make, right? But don't give Him the credit for the mess. The Lord just brought me my soulmate. No, you lusted after another woman, got tired of your old man or your wife, and you went and found somebody else. Come on, get off of it. And you got to forsake. That's the, that's the way the world thinks. We can't try to make this the way we want it to be. we got to forsake this, take a hold of this, and it will get us here. Come on now. Some people are so arrogant, they figure that they're smart as God. Really? That somehow they can, they can bypass the process and get over here and experience all God's best because they're so special. It's not going to happen. God shows up and says, now, this is what I want to do for you, but let's, let's make one thing perfectly clear. Uh, the only way you're going to get from there and get to here is the supremacy and the authority of my life and my thoughts and my ways and my word in your life. No other way. And then finally, how many of you want to let me let off of you and get to the good part? I better let off of me. I'm going to get saved all over again. The, the last prophetic declaration is prophetic expectation. Verse 12 and 13, we're going to close. It's noon. Look what he says. This is what, this is what you can expect when you get there. Now, let me back up. The prophetic invitation. It's an invitation to spiritual renewal and restoration and revival in your life. The next one, the prophetic exhortation. What it's going to take to get you from here to there. The next one is prophetic clarification. Who's it, who's it going to be to help you get from here to there? And the last one is this prophetic expectation. What you can expect. And this ought to make you want to go through whatever you got to go to get from here to there. For he says in verse 12, For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. That's a journey of peace and joy, my friend. When you get under the blessing of God in your life, you can expect a journey of peace and joy. And he goes on to say, The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. It shall be for the, to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. That's a journey of praise and prosperity in your life. I'm telling you, that's what God has for you. He wants your life to be joy filled he wants your life to be filled with peace and joy he wants your life to be filled with productivity and prosperity and that everywhere you go the praise of God just was made manifest in your midst that's the purpose and plan of God for your life he doesn't want you staying over here in this mess he wants to bless you what we've got to do though multifaceted it begins with sin. Let's stand together.